0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This is Danny and Dusty. It's
2: not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell
1: of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your Huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. The trade deadline has officially passed uh, in the National Football League, and it was busy. It was active. We're about to break down all of them, all the moves that happened. But right at the buzzer, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, we were talking about the Buffalo Bills being suspiciously quiet and kind of biding their time. They have made a move, my friend. Yes. They go and they get Naeem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts to bolster their backfield. They get a running back.
2: Not only a running back, but a running back who's a hell of a wide receiver.
1: <laughs> yeah. He is a, a receiving back. Yes. He yeah, he is.
2: He is a guy you can quite literally split out. Uh, he is another weapon for the Buffalo Bills. And one, uh, to be honest, that was the thing that they were lacking, is that ability to to be multidimensional out of the backfield. He's been great for the Colts. Um, uh, he's got over, o- almost 1,800 receiving yards in 2018, which is fifth among NFL running backs in that time period. Uh, he is a guy who was just very, very good out of the backfield and was going to allow the Buffalo Bills to just be more dynamic on more levels. And that's a terrifying thought for every team in the NFL. Mm-hmm.
1: And, look, he is – I mean, he's only averaging two yards a carry for a team that has uh, troubles running the football. In fact, Indy just fired their offensive coordinator today. But uh, at the same token, he is the team's fourth leading receiver. And they need another dimension to the offense, like you were saying. You add him to the Devin Singletary, Zach Moss backfield. And this could be a sneaky, dangerous team again. You know, and they already are with – uh, Josh Allen, but now you have a back coming out of the backfield. That's a big one as they send uh, Naeem Ainz to Buffalo from Indianapolis. I don't know the compensation yet. I haven't seen that from Schefter, um, but he was the first uh, to have and report that. That is not the only move that has been made today. Um, I, I think that it's really interesting. We talked about both the Bradley Chubb uh, and TJ Hawkinson trades. Bradley Chubb going from Denver to Miami for a first-round pick. That's not Miami's. That's, that's crazy. San Francisco's as part of the Trey Lance trade. Um, and a 2024 fourth-round pick along with Chase Edmonds. You have TJ Hawkinson, which we talked about as well. A 2023 fourth-round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth-round pick all going to Minnesota Detroit only getting in return for one of the best young tight ends in the game a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick that one doesn't make sense I digress Um, another move that was made today that will have an impact but I'm confused about are the Chicago Bears in or out Yeah they they trade uh, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith away from their defense and then get you thinking okay. All right, they're out on this year, yet they go and they trade for Chase Claypool today.
2: Super weird. <laughs> I, when I saw like Chase Claypool move, I was like, oh, "Okay, the Packers, no right division, wrong team." Because, uh, the, like you said, the, they've already moved on from Quinn and, and Smith, and you're like, oh, "Okay, no, that makes sense." Like, I, I get wanting to add weapons, but yeah. it was it was just super weird considering you're going to have a hundred million dollars in salary space mm-hmm. in the off season like where you could target free agents and and go about it that way and not give up any draft capital uh, because you're clearly in a position where you still need it. Mm -hmm. Claypool does have team control, which I, I, I kind of get, but I just figured that he would end up going to a team that was more about the right now. It was just very, very weird in general that he was dealt to the Bears.
1: Yeah, and they send a second-round pick to Pittsburgh, uh, which will be Chicago's second-round pick. And so, essentially, if you are the Bears, they got a second-round pick for Roquan Smith yesterday. They send a second-round pick for Chase Claypool today. Mm -hmm. They basically traded Roquan Smith for Chase Claypool.
2: Which, does that sound like a good swap to you?
1: No. Uh, it's very confusing. So they're going to uh, just hit hard reset on the defensive side of the football. And on, uh, if you're going to look at it from the Bears' standpoint, what they're doing this year with Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, their new GM, they are saying, all right, we're out on the defense. We're going to rebuild our defense. But we are going to commit to Justin Fields and actually give him a number one target. So you you have Mooney who is a good number 2. Now you bring in a Chase Claypool. We have seen over the last couple of weeks that you you've seen strides being taken by Justin Fields as a quarterback and he has been looking more comfortable and like a true NFL quarterback over the last handful of weeks. You need another target though, and I think that what you're going to say is we're going to give Justin Fields a chance with a couple of weapons. And we'll see more what we have with him and get a true indicator of if Justin Fields can be our guy offensively and just not care about the results on the defensive side. So you've got That's your, the only thing that I can say.
2: Yeah, no, it's the only thing that <laughs> you've got your weird one here and Chase Claypool of the Bears and kind of the timing of it all. The weird one for me, it, it definitely interesting, I guess, is the deal between the Falcons and the Jaguars. <laughs> Sending Calvin Ridley, who's suspended for the entire season, to the Jaguars. For
1: betting on the NFL.
2: Which, again, don't be a dummy and do the one thing that you know is going to get suspended basically for a year or a lifetime. It's literally on every locker room and every building inside the NFL. But beyond that, the price that they paid, the Jaguars paid, this is how it works out. The conditions are a 2024 fourth-rounder. It will stay a four if Calvin Ridley is on the roster. It goes to a 3 if Ridley reaches certain extent, and it becomes a two if the Jaguars sign Ridley to a contract extension.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: So this is like a, almost a zero-risk proposition if it doesn't work out for the Jaguars.
1: And mind you, when Calvin Ridley uh, is healthy and active on football, <laughs> he was away from the team. Yes. And, like, this is a massive – I don't – this is Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. My my hands are just coming up right now. I I don't know what to do with them. That is where we're at with with that trade. I I wholeheartedly agree. That one made zero sense to me as well. It
2: it didn't it wasn't that it didn't make sense. It was just why do this now? Why why not yep. target this one in the off season? Like I guess they wanted to be there first?
1: Because I mean <laughs> you first you're last. Another it, Ricky Bobby. There you go.
2: <laughs> And, I mean, you you could go full Magic Man El Diablo on this. You know, it could, it could work out or it could completely burn you. Because Bradley, Ridley's special. Yeah. And hey, he, there
1: is uh, one more piece to the Naheem Hines uh, trade to Buffalo. Zach Moss is part of that tra- uh, trade. <laughs> well, so much for so the Zach Moss backfield. <laughs> Zach Moss and a sixth-round pick go to Indy. And then uh, Hines goes to Buffalo. Buffalo to pair with Singletary in that background in the Are backfield, you? so not going to be crowded. We will see what happens there. That's the, that's the latest breaking news. I think what is it, what is ultra interesting about this trade deadline. uh We saw Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texas Texans, former Oregon State Beaver. He was uh, excused from practice today mm-hmm. for what Levy Smith called personal reasons, not that he had been traded all quiet on the Brandon Cooks front as we're 10 minutes past the trade deadline it looks like no team was willing to bite as Brandon Cooks and the big hang up with him was yeah he's got a million dollars on the books for 2022 but he would have been a 18 million dollar cap hit for 2023 and that was just a too steep of a price for a team wanting to push in for this year and say hey we need receiver <clears throat> green bay um also the Seahawks were rumored to kind of be in the mix to to be willing to deal Sidney Jones, the cornerback, because with Tariq Wollin playing the way that he is, you had a little bit of flexibility there. It appears that he is standing pat in Seattle at this point. Um, and the other two are two running backs that I don't know what L.A. is going to do with Cam Akers now because they just kind of sent him home and they got nothing in, in terms of draft capital or offers for Cam Akers, so he appears to not be on the move as does Kareem Hunt who did a weird interview post game last night of Monday Night Football in a Joker mask I don't get it
2: I mean, it's Halloween man, you you just don't have to get it
1: well I don't get why they didn't trade him <laughs> he wants out, get he, something he made for it him. clear he wanted out, yeah. he was just kind no of shutting next down next on everything yeah And said, "I'm out." Like you couldn't get a conditional fifth or
2: sixth, like you get something for him because you're going to lose him at the end of the year, regardless.
1: Yeah, it does. Those don't make sense to me, or maybe maybe they're just going down the road of, all right, if we can, you know, kind of mend this bridge for this season,
2: get Deshaun for the next
1: couple of weeks, and say, hey, man, play for a contract moving forward. Uh, Maybe that's what Cleveland and Kevin Stefanski. Are thinking right now with Cream Hunt, but it, it didn't seem right, really, all season long or uh, last night after Monday Night Football. But the trade deadline was active. Oh, one trade we didn't even talk about: uh, William Jackson III. It sounds like a president, to be honest. He's a corner. Uh, he was traded from the Washington Commanders to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, 2025 sixth round pick. So I don't. <laughs> he got traded a team that is not very good. <laughs> Them's the brakes. But other than that, I mean, this. think of all these moves that we had. Going back to Robert Quinn and Christian McCaffrey, Roquan Smith, T.J. Hawkinson, Chase Claypool, Bradley Got some traded, man. We got Naheem Hines. We've got some big names that went on the move at the trade deadline, the movers and shakers. It's
2: not just the patchwork stuff because usually NFL trade deadline, it's, a uh, seventh offensive lineman here, a fifth wide receiver there. Teams just trying to bolster well, some depth and reinforce It's the William Jackson team. trades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly, but the instead you have like top end starters being traded. Across yeah. the, all levels, you know what's interesting? Outside of uh the Eagles trading for uh uh Gardner in the in the beginning of the season, we didn't we didn't see any DBs. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. We didn't see any DBs moved.
1: Yeah, and that's usually where you're trying. That's why the Sidney Jones was was seen in, as a sought-after uh, trade piece, mm-hmm. and it doesn't appear that. Oh, one other thing that came out of the trade deadline. It does appear that Denver is hell-bent on making this work offensively with <laughs> Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy stays. K.J. Hamler stays. They're going to try to Band-Aid this bad boy. Oof,
2: I, yeah, I, I feel like those aren't waterproof.
1: I do Yeah. Well, I think you're trying to put a Band-Aid over a bullet hole right now.
2: Yes. It, it, there's a lot of leaks there. The, the other one here is uh, in the AFC West, uh, you didn't see the, uh, the bottom teams get off anybody. You didn't see the, the Chargers. I think they still think they could turn it around. You didn't see the well, Raiders. Well, they just not healthy. Yeah, but, I mean, even then, like, how 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 soon do you think you're getting healthy? And why why try to string it? I don't know. Maybe because that division is not as good as everybody thought it was. the, the Raiders not getting off of, of some of their deals, I think, was a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, I think I'm – I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on it. I'm not sure if I'm more surprised by teams that didn't make move – or how big the teams were that did make moves?
1: I think I'm more surprised on how big the teams that did make moves. I mean, that was – we got some big trades, mm. and they're for good teams, um, whether it is Hawkinson, Chubb, or Hines. I mean, we you got guys that are going to make a difference down the stretch, and then you have the Jaguars doing Jaguar things. Rich got uh, richer? <laughs> Rich did get richer. And that – hey – that's a, a signal of the NFL right now, mm-hmm. because in that kind of where the league's at, it feels like we've been trending that way, and today's tread line was no different line. <clears throat> so now we move forward, and we got to see what the hell was going on with the Green Bay Packers. You mentioned it. When Chase Claypool's name came down the pipeline, it was a confusing one. Uh, what are the Packers doing? Danny Dusty on the fan. <sighs> On the fan. What are the Green Bay Packers doing? Trade deadline comes and goes, and the Green Bay Packers stand pat. You can't lure free agents, so you either draft them or trade for them. Nope. Uh, no move was made by Green Bay. It was really surprising, especially when you saw Chase Claypool go from Pittsburgh to Chicago. And the Hall was a second-round pick. That's all it took. And this is a franchise that they could have had. And this may be it. This may be the front office of the Green Bay Packers being so hell-bent on, hey, we made the right call on Jordan Love, where they could have had Chase Claypool then and still didn't take him. And when Aaron Rodgers was watching that draft with the anticipation to get a wide receiver and they trade up for Jordan Love, oh. what are they doing? What are they thinking right now? I can't wrap my head right around, around it.
2: The only thing I can think of is this is the, the Packers have had such stability for 20-plus years, 40-plus years really, between two quarterbacks for basically 20 <laughs> years. Uh, that when you look at it, they're just like, we're okay. We're not going to overextend ourselves. We've, we've won our Super Bowl. We've had our chances. Aaron's had his MVPs. We've had our good years. This team, no matter how much we can do, or how, no matter how much we swing for something, it's not enough to save this team right now. So instead of overextending ourselves, they're, they're the antithesis to the Rams. Instead of just doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down, they're a team that is not an L.A. market, that does not have a multi-billion dollar stadium, that that does not have a a massive market, that does not have all the money in the world, and decides our continuity and our continued levels of success hinge upon us being successful with our draft capital. And in doing so, we have to measure just how much it, it, it matters to us and how valuable it is to us.
1: This is the confusing part about it, though, is that your offense runs the ball pretty effectively. Your running backs have have been hit and miss last couple weeks, but your offensive line hasn't been healthy. You know exactly how much your offense opens up when you have legitimate targets on the outside, though, because you saw it. When you had Marcus Valdez-Gantling, when you had Devontae Adams, and even when Devontae Adams wasn't in the game, you know that Aaron Rodgers, if he has a serviceable receiver, he can carry a team. They don't have a serviceable receiver right now. Like, they are an absolute joke on the outside. And it was really cool to see a Westview product and, and Smari Touré get a touchdown. For the Green Bay Packers, but you're you're relying on guys that are late round picks, undrafted guys, who this is really their first action, and you're saying, "All right, go win us games," and all it takes is a second round pick. I mean, that's what got Chase Claypool out of Chicago or Pittsburgh to mm-hmm. Chicago is a second round pick. You tell me, are you going to get a guy, even if he can walk at the end of the season, are you going to get a guy that is as good as chase Claypool in the second round?
2: Uh, The likelihood is probably no,
1: (laughs) no, probably not. No, because you didn't even draft chase Claypool when you had the opportunity to draft him.
2: Oh, right. Uh, A little more clarity, maybe not necessarily on the Packers, but on the wide receiver market at the end of the trade deadline, uh, Brandon cooks tweeted. Don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with playing with my career. Sounds like Brandon Cooks was told he was going to get moved and did not.
1: It sounds like that's that personal reason was he hates the Houston Texans. Yeesh. <laughs> he was excused for personal reasons today <laughs> from Texans practice. In Brandon Cooks, man, his career has been a wild one. He was a Blitnikoff Award winner at Oregon state was truly electric in new Orleans. He was a game changer. Um, and I remember Sean Payton, right when he was drafted, he was through the, um, over the moon with having Brandon cooks. He's gone to new England and then he goes to the Rams. And he has been the guy that when he gets moved teams, go and win a title after he's gone, he's, he is worth, a ton of money, but he was one of those guys that became a hard contract to move. $1 million this year, $18 million cap hit for whatever team was going to take him for the 2023 uh, season, and that was too much of a pill to swallow for a lot of teams. And Ian rappaport the NFL Network, he may shed a little bit of light on that in what you're just saying right right there. There, he tweeted, no trade for Texans receiver Brandon Cooks." Source said, there were talks, but nothing came of it. Speaking of things that didn't happen, no deals for the Packers either, though they tried. So I think that may have been where those talks were ha- having, or mm-hmm. happening around Brandon Cooks, And maybe he was told he was going to be sent to the Green Bay Packers, and this thing fell through at the end.
2: And again, what does the capital that the Texans want? And what are the Packers willing to give up? And those two things were not something that made sense. If I had to guess, I'd be willing to bet that the Packers were willing to pony up the necessary capital if the Texans ate more of the salary. But, you know, ultimately it it doesn't end up happening. I think that's probably where it ends up lying because the Packers are a team historically that they don't have the money and they don't want to spend money. Uh, unless they absolutely have to. So uh, when you've got an $18 million cap hit, that's just kind of the way this goes.
1: Yep. Oh, man, that's brutal. You feel for a guy like Brandon Cooks because, um, by all accounts, he's an awesome dude too. And he, he tries to do right by his team and his teammates, and he's stuck in football hell. Houston right now. Davis Mills is the quarterback. Lovey Smith is your head coach not a good place to be. Um hey, there's one more trade that got finalized. Uh, Field Yates 8 says at the buzzer. Chiefs traded cornerback Rashad Fenton to the Falcons. So We did uh, see a DB moved. A move. Huh? We did see a DB move. There you go. <laughs> hey, also to a team that is a division contender. As weird as that sounds, the Atlanta Falcons That's at 4-4 so are the leaders of the NFC South.
2: <laughs> God, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, that is just truly
1: sad, truly sad. Yeah, and they tried to lose that game against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday as hard as they could. I mean, my goodness, talk about two teams that refused to win. From D.J. Moore throwing his helmet after scoring the touchdown, which backed up your extra point, to like a 48-yard extra point attempt, to you had another Pinheiro shank. You had the Falcons saying, well, we don't want it. And, hey, Marcus Mariota made the plays, and they're 4-4. Four and four. They're a 500-football team and division leaders of the NFC South with a point differential of minus 5.
2: God, negative point <laughs> differential leading the division.
1: Uh, meanwhile, the Miami Dolphins are 5-3 uh, and three and third in the AFC East. The New England Patriots, 4-4, four and four dead last in their division. <laughs> the, the NFL, NFL everybody. Is,
2: it's just so freaking weird this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, Atlanta will host a playoff game. Um, all right, let's get to the worst day on the web. <laughs> When Halloweening goes horrifically wrong and the internet won't let you forget. Danny and Dusty, here's Rust with SportsCenter. It's time for today's worst day on the web oh. with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Sucks. The internet lives forever, Danny Morang. People don't forget on the internet. It
2: does, thankfully.
1: Last night was Halloween. It was probably the rainiest Halloween that I can remember. I mean, it was miserable out there with the it was kids. A
2: monsoon.
1: Oh my goodness! But you know what? They were troopers. Uh, we were going house to house, and my little man was like. Oh, All right, I'm ready to go home. I'm like, all right, buddy, you just let me know. If you want to go to one more house, then you just tell me where we're going to stop. Other than that, we'll just walk home. He's like, all right, how about this one? Going to get All right, I want to go home. All right, just let me know if you want to stop. All right, okay, I'll do one more. He sounded like his old man at the bar when he was in college. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. I'll do one more, and then I'm going home, all right? Um, But he, he... trumped right through it, and so did my daughter. They were troopers last night.
2: Did you bury them in parkas?
1: Nope. Yeah. No. Daddy. You can't ruin the. You can't ruin the fit. It no. was actually warm. It was warm. It was just rain. It was wet. Yeah. And so they just powered right through it. It was good. It was good. It was. It was a nice little Halloween night. It wasn't for Carolina Hurricanes broadcaster Trip Tracy, which is the most great, great incredible name for like a rodeo announcer, or NHL for that matter. Uh, he is the color analyst for the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, their television broadcasts on Bally Sports. This one's going to be tough to live down um, because when you t- we talked about this yesterday. He didn't call them Reese's Pieces. He called them something far worse. Just absolutely hit the lottery with a bunch of Reese's Penis Peanut Butter Cups trick-or-treating. Uh-oh. ruh
2: That's significantly worse than me saying that the uh, Beavers crapped the top 25.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you do not want to eat the Reese's Penis Butter Cups. I'm telling you jazz- right now.
2: Yeah, no, you definitely don't want to go down that line. But you know what? I think you know why this happened. Because he's a monster like Souk and says Reese's Pieces. And he, he got caught up in the P instead of, instead of the, the, the Pieces.
1: Uh, oh, hold on now. Re- Let's See? play that again. Play it again. Just absolutely hit the lottery with a bunch of Reese's Penis Peanut Butter Cups trick-or-treating. Mm. He did say Reese's, though. He didn't go
2: Reese's. He, he looked, it sounded like he got caught in an in-between world, and that's how he got to the Reese's Penis.
1: Yeah, well, I think what he was going with, <laughs> and this is another amateur move, He went. he was going Reese's Pieces... And Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Ooh, at the same time? No, no, no. They're different. They are. Yeah. And he tried to call the hot route between pieces and peanut butter, and oh no, (laughs) he couldn't do it.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Because when you get the amalgam of of pieces and peanut, you, 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 you get penis.
1: Hey, Trip Tracy, you talk long enough? And you're going to get yourself? you're gonna get got by some of those uh, things.
2: Uh, got him. He you know. got
1: caught by the, the old Reese's penis buttercups. Which it, is a bad luck in internet. You hate it never when a penis slips in. out. Forget <laughs> You know you do.
2: <laughs> oh, the, the best part about this is it's radio, so you don't get it. Is Rust is in the other room and I've got him on Zoom and the just the the face palm of <laughs> disgust like a soft tip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, this is going sideways. You know what I thought of when you said that? That BYU track guy at the uh, Nationals? At <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, they disqualified him for it. Did they really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes.
2: Oh. The junk Did slipped that- out and he got DQ'd. I could get love. That's horrible. <laughs> Terrible, right?
1: Gosh. That poor guy. <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't really. I was going to say he was embarrassed on several levels, but I mean, it wasn't that embarrassing. He just fell out, man, and then you get DQ'd for it. It no, happens. You should get some sort of award for it. I don't go on to finals. Um, all right, Trip Tracy. That's a tough day on the internet. The internet is letting him have it too. Um, because that's just going to be replayed and retweeted time and time oh, and time again. Oh, it's going to come up over. Again. Uh,
2: that, that's a Nick Castellanos-type type event right there. <laughs> it's, it's not going <laughs> away anytime soon.
1: <laughs> the only thing that could have
2: made this better is if Trip Tracy's name was Dick Tracy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I probably only watched that movie one time in my life. Really? Yeah.
2: I've gone back to it a couple times. It holds up. It does it. It does, because it's so campy.
1: Okay. Maybe I'll have to give a give another run at Old uh, Dick Tracy.
2: Yeah, it's 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 the uh Michael Keaton Batman era of campiness. Okay. So it, as long as you go in with that mindset, it, it 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 holds up. There's a lot of people in that movie too. My god.
1: Yeah, Who, uh, Is that Was that Warren Beatty? Is Warren yep. Beatty in that? He's Dick Tracy?
2: Yep. They're they're the the list of people in it that like I think right around the same time as that Batman movie.
1: Yeah. You had uh, it's a, Yeah, it's around 1990.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, it was... Uh,
1: wow, Warren Beatty, Al Pacino, Madonna.
2: Manny Patinkin.
1: Um,
2: I know I'm forgetting other people.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Those oh, first Dustin three really Hoffman. caught me, though. Dan, Dustin Hoffman's in Yeah, there?
2: Dustin Hoffman is, is Mumbles.
1: Was John Leguizamo in there, too? Kathy, I don't know, Kathy but I feel like you know way too much about his cinematography of Jay Glo- John Leguizamo. This is—is is this the second or third time you've brought up John Leguizamo?
0: Yep. Not sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think, who
2: else is in? Oh, James Kahn is in there. What? Hmm. Um, there's somebody else I'm forgetting too.
1: God. I don't. I had no idea. There's oh, a, yeah, a
2: ton of people in
1: Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. They got.
2: They, 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 there were so many Catherine people in O'Hara. Movie. William Forsythe. Seymour Cassell. Charles Durning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, that that movie is loaded. Ooh.
1: Bing Russell's in it. Portland Mavericks owner. Bing Russell. Oh, there you Father go. of Kirk Russell. Wow. Yeah, that is a star-studded cast. I do need to give that another watch then. It's been a long time since uh, I've seen Dick Tracy.
2: It holds up if you if you go in with the understanding of the the campiness. Hell, uh, Frank Campanella's in there too. Jesus, I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie. It's
1: only got a 6.2 out of 10. Do I, do you trust any ratings by Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb?
2: I trust the audience scores, not critic scores. If if if, if the critics say a movie sucks and the audience score is really high, I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this.
1: Why are critics so far out of touch? Because they're mostly with what awful the people humans. Like? They're awful humans. Mostly,
2: yes. <laughs> just, they just want to be indignant and snobby about a million things instead of just taking something as is.
1: Okay, I mean that's fair.
2: Paul Sorvino and Catherine O'Hara in there too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a good cast. <laughs> Better than a six point two rating. All right, Dick Tracy, and. Trip Tracy, who called them Reese's Penis Buttercups. It happens. And that is the worst day on the web. All right, uh, let's get back to uh, the world of sport. DK Metcalf, he went on a podcast and explained what happened when he had to take a cart um, out of the stadium. We've got more uh, fallout from the trade deadline as well. And uh, at the top of next hour, we haven't even gotten to the fact that the college football playoff rankings are coming out for the first time uh, this evening. Danny and Dusty on the fan. On the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. You know, this song reminds me of Kyrie Irving a little bit. (laughs) I mean, Bobby Brown's kind of nuts, but that's kind of a different ballpark. I know, but all these people talking all this stuff about me, why don't they just let me live? That's like what Kyrie wants. Except for the fact that uh, he thinks that he can just say whatever he wants without being held accountable for the things that he says or posts on social media. Well, if you look at the
2: Players Association uh, statement on it, he apparently can because they don't call him out. He's their
1: vice president. Something here. The NBA PA has released a statement about uh, Kyrie Irving because why not? Um, Everybody else is doing it, and they're being – just silent and so they had to say something, their statement, which they just said, a statement from the NBAPA. Anti-Semitism has no place in our society. The NBAPA is focused on creating an environment where everyone is accepted. We are committed to helping players fully understand that certain words can lead to hateful ideologies being spread. We will continue to work on identifying and combating all hate speech wherever it arises like your vice president's Twitter feed
2: this is literally CJ McCollum president of the MBPA telling the vice president of MBPA you are being publicly scolded but we're not using your name
1: i, I just what what are they combating I mean, we here? need to stop with the 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 blanket statements that don't have really any truly meaning or teeth
2: there no teeth because at all. we could
1: call Kyrie Irving what he is at this point. he's a conspiracy theorist he is we we've seen it time and time again he literally... And this is one of them too, and one of the great freedoms that we have in our country is the freedom of speech. It is an amazing freedom that we have. And it is a great separator with our country. But freedom of speech does not mean that you won't be held accountable for the things that you say. It it does not mean that at all. And we are at a ridiculous place in our society where guys like Kyrie Irving spout stuff off all the time, whether it is on social media – Or it is with their mouth through a podcast on Instagram Live, a Twitch stream, whatever, and they're not held accountable for it. And it's not just Kyrie. It's it's athletes, celebrities, politicians. My goodness, everybody in our country, if you say something, you have the freedom to say it. But there will be account you will be held accountable for them I and mean, we should hold people accountable for them and it is toothless for the NBA PA for the Brooklyn Nets for anybody to just have these vague and gray statements that are made that say absolutely nothing if they're just they're talking about Kyrie Irving say his name and you say his name
2: it, it's it's really quite simple Sorry. No, no, it's, it, no. you didn't. You, you're, you're, you're perfect here in the sense of, like, I'm going to add on to it. Myers Leonard used a very nasty slur towards yes. Jewish people on Twitch. He was packed up by everybody. He was yep. sent out by the Miami Heat. All of his sponsors lost. Mm-hmm. And in the process of, of rehabbing from multiple injuries, he hasn't come back to the NBA. But at the same time, you know what Myers did do? He owned it. Yep, he apologized. He spent a ton of time working with Jewish community centers and Jewish people, and and talking to rabbis and the, and trying to rebuild, not just his reputation but his well being, his mindset. No, like I know Myers. Yeah, like he he said something nasty, and there's no excuse. He was held accountable for it, it, it. exactly, and then nobody had any problem saying his name.
1: Nobody what the hell is it with kyrie is it the fact that he isn't acknowledging it at all is that why he's somehow some way being saved because that's that seems to be the play here is that that you take no accountability for it yourself and you won't be held accountable for it by anybody else that is that that's the biggest sham that we have right now Is that the people like Myers Leonard, sure, you'll pile on him and you'll dunk on him when he goes hand up. I did something wrong. And you know what? He should have been held accountable for what he said. But it's like Kyrie, everybody's just like, oh, well, this is way he is. No, he's a conspiracy theorist. He's peddling lies. Are we noticing a double standard here? There is. Here's the thing. There is fact and there is fiction. I'm sick of guys like, you know, Kyrie saying my truth. No, no. There's the truth, and then there is not the truth. Yes,
2: I, I, I hate when I, whenever I hear a conversation that has living my truth or my truth or something along those lines in it, I, I have to keep my my old man brain from going sideways, because there's reality, and then there's whatever you live in, and. The problem is with the reality is I have to share it with him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the problem right now is that, and I, th- I think that's the frustration in that there, I'm going to say something remotely, not even remotely, it's going to be controversial in the sense of there is a double standard because Kyrie Irving is a member of a community that has been marginalized as, number one, being black, and number two, being mm-hmm. Indian, American Indian, indigenous yeah. peoples. And everybody wants to dance around that.
1: Yes, there is that, but then you have like you know, political leaders who are mm-hmm. white as snow, who they're not held accountable for what they say too. I mean, look on on both sides of that. Is anybody going to hold the politicians on both sides of the aisle that were no. fear mongering the fentanyl and Halloween candy? No. And that we found none. I, I don't know. I I, have, I actually googled it. And I found that police are having to come out and say, no, no children have died because of fentanyl overdose found in their Halloween candy. They're not giving away drugs. That was titled as a lie.
2: They're not giving away drugs.
1: And that is a very small lie based on we've had huge lies where people aren't being held accountable because they never own up to it. But because uh, we're gutless
2: as a culture in the NBA, because of how things have been framed, because of the the Black Lives Matter movement and how the NBA has kind of posited themselves you while being simultaneously a victim, and that community has been marginalized, and they have been victimized, yep. you can't also be wrong yep. as being, you know, targeting another group. And that's this very nasty, murky spot that the NBA finds itself in, which, ironically, is being commissioned by a guy with Jewish ties and Adam Silver. Yeah. I just... It's, it's the mental gymnastics that you have to go through to get here is so tiring and so exhausting. Call a spade a spade. Call an anti-Semite an anti-Semite, and this is why. It's, this, this should not be this hard. I don't care, white, black, brown, man, woman, otherwise. Why are we doing this? Like, I, I, have, I probably shouldn't, but I have been more active on social media and discussing this bluntly. Than I have any other political topic.
1: Good. I mean, it needs to be discussed bluntly, and
2: that's the point. Is because people aren't willing to discuss this bluntly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't care what people say to me or what they think. This is a very like simple and pointed thing.
1: Yeah. When when you're propagating yeah, I mean, this stuff, it's as easy as yeah. What he is amplifying is false. It is hurtful. It is hateful. It's a. Con- it's, it's, it's literally that theory. cut and dry. It, Full stop. Like all of those things done. We're out. <laughs> Myers Leonard easy? said
2: one word, and it was a nasty word, and it, we were. We, it was. He was done. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, Kyrie, the,
2: this is the like fifth time he's gone down this road.
1: Yeah, and this is enabling because he's still good at basketball because he too. can
2: dribble. Yeah, because he because yeah. he can hezzy hezzy tween tween pull up jumper.
1: Yep. Unbelievable. All right. Well, good job NBAPA. You're really holding Kyrie Irving accountable. Goodness gracious. All right. um, Let's get to hour number three. (laughs) Uh, They fired their coach. We talked about that in hour number one. The Brooklyn Nets did. Uh, So Steve Nash out. It looks like Ime Udoka is going to be stepping into that dumpster fire. And yes, the suspended coach of the Boston Celtics, that Ime Udoka, they're going to just say, go ahead and take him. Um, He will be taken over for the Nets, according to Woj, and that will be finalized in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, that is a news story we did talk about it in hour number one. We may revisit it in hour number two. But where we got to come next is the college football playoff rankings. They get unveiled for the first time tonight. Why Oregon holds a lot of weight in week one. Danny Dusty on the fan.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.